You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Well, hello there, and welcome to June's Forest Ramble podcast. Um, it's a delight to welcome you here, and we're really happy because football is going to get going again. Um, we've been waiting for it for some time. It's been a longer break than you'd usually get between the end of one season and the start of another, but there's still so much to play for. I am joined by Stephen Topless. Hello there. Hello. And by the Maradona of the Midlands. How are you doing? Yeah, all right, wee man. Okay, um, I'm going to jump straight in there. Um, Married on the Midlands, the season is about to resume. Um, what are you most excited about with football starting again? Um, I guess it's, I, I, strangely, I've not missed it as much as I thought I would. It's, it's, I've missed it a lot less than I would at the end of a normal season, maybe because the rituals of the end of the season, players being released, signing new players, the fixtures coming out, pre-season friendlies. We haven't had all of that to sort of build up the anticipation. But I've just been excited to have some football back, um, people talking about games on the radio rather than just waffling on about nostalgia and this and that and chicken racing and all these other things. And um, just the football, it just excites me because I think... It's going to be sunshine. Maybe that'll help us more skillful players. I always think they, they play better when it's warm and the grass is nice and lush and green. So people like Carvalho and Silva, maybe they can get some exciting one-touch football going and skillful displays. That's an interesting thought. I might come back to that later. Um, Stephen, what about you? What, what are you getting excited about? I'm just excited to see how everything unfolds. Um, getting the lads back out on the pitch and and just getting some football back is it's going to be great. Um, obviously, I've enjoyed watching the Bundesliga since that's returned. Um, but now that it's our team that are going to be coming back to play and the English league is coming back, 
course it's going to pique our interest a little bit more because of where we're based and because it's our team involved. But um, I'm just looking forward to seeing the likes as well of uh, Samba So, hopefully back from injury now. Yuri Ribeiro, the same. Looking to see also, from the Forest point of view, which players perhaps are going to step up and have been rejuvenated by the extended break. Um, I'm thinking players like Nuno da Costa, Diacarvi, are there fringe players who are going to come out of nowhere almost and, and become real key figures? Um, and also, most looking forward to hearing Colin Frey on the radio again. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Um, <laughs> on, the, on the topic of, um, of some of those players you mentioned, so um, Samba So, apparently his knees are still made out of... Uh, uh, still made out of balsa wood. So um, it's really going to be, uh, from what I've read, it might be a bit touch and go to see how much he can contribute. But obviously a player who contribute, you know, who adds so much to the team, not necessarily in terms of what he does, but in terms of what he enables those around him to do, uh, it'd be great to see him back on the pitch, I agree. And um, in the uh, Forest v Forest training game the other day, apparently Diakabi scored an absolute worldie, um, you know, on, on a par with, uh, with, uh, with, with John Bostock's uh, goal against, against Wolves in the very friendly friendly. So uh, that's interesting. Um, on the topic of the uh, very friendly friendly, uh, forgive me because I, I can't remember who it was, but somebody um, uh, put on Twitter about it's a bit unfair on Wolves uh, that, um, to play Forest, bearing in mind that we've been playing all season without proper officials anyway, um, as there was no referee and no linesman in that Wolves match. So, <laughs> so there you go. Um, married on the Midlands, uh, yeah, you, you're talking about some of those uh, flair players. Um, now, obviously, it's always a nice feeling in August when you come back to lush green pitches, the sun's still out even in the evening kickoffs and so on, and you see the players doing some silky stuff. Um, uh, do you think that maybe Drow Carvalho might actually get a chance to contribute to the first team, uh, bearing in mind this enforced break has kind of pressed the reset button on everything? I think so. I think just the sheer number of games... Um will mean that we will be chopping and changing quite a lot. There'll be a lot of um, team rotation. Um, so, yeah, I think he will. I think he'll get his chance. Okay. And, um, and Stephen, uh, I mean, are, are there any kind of, um, with regards to the matches uh, coming thick and fast, do you have any concerns about fitness and so on? Or are you just working on the basis, well, it's the same for all teams? Yeah, I think it's going to be the same for all teams. And the, I think one thing which might work in our favour is the fact that we do have quite a few options in reserve. If you look outside the team that has been playing for most of the season, and then you factor in the So and Ribeiro, who weren't playing for a good chunk of, kind of the final, final stages of the normal season, if you want to call it that. Um, you know, we've got options in reserve and some good players in there. And you mentioned there John Bostock scoring in that in that friendly friendly against Wolves. Um, the, uh, you've got Diacarbi, you've got you know De Costa as well. Jenkinson even can come in at right back if we need to kind of freshen up fullback positions. Derricka as well. So I, I think actually we're, we're quite well stocked, which could work in our favour. 
with with the the sort of the closeness of all the fixtures over the next couple of weeks, it it might allow us to to chop and change a little bit more than other teams in the league. And Maradon, the Midlands. I mean, would you say that actually, in terms of squad size and strength, we probably you know we, we're doing okay compared to a lot of other Championship teams. Yeah, I think so. Um, we've we've always it's always been a, a criticism the last couple of years that we've got too big a squad, but it, it may just help us out at this time. You never know. It may it'll play into our favour just having those options and those fresh legs to come in. Um, there's there's a lot of talk about players being suspect, susceptible to um, hamstring injuries and and tears at this time because they're going to be coming back after such a long break without any football um so you never know other other teams may suffer that we may suffer it but we might have options to come in and, and help us out so um yeah it, it will be all the, it will be the same for the other teams they're all going to be at sort of similar level of fitness but we'll see how it goes so just watching the german football that it was very noticeable that it, it took sort of two or three games before the intensity really sort of hiked up and um, the fitness started to show again. So, um, first couple of games, I'm not expecting too much, really. It could be anything, any sort of result. Yeah, and I think the fact that, effectively, this is starting a short, intense season, but with no real pre-season, uh, that's going to have a bearing on it. And, of course, the fact that it's going to be in the warmer months as well, um, I think that could be quite important. And that, of course, does contribute to muscle injuries and so on. Uh, from an anatomy and physiology point of view. Um, just to return to something that Stephen said, but also Maradon the Midlands, you've been talking about consistently throughout the season. Um, you know, if Sambaso isn't able to play much or at all, do you think Sabri has now kind of realised that John Bostock could well be the natural kind of player to take his place in the team? I hope so. I hope so because I've, I've rated him whenever I've seen him. I thought he's, he's done a good job, and he's, he's such a, a powerful figure in there. You see, see the size of his thighs when they put pictures up of him on 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 Twitter and so on and so forth. He's a, he's an immense human being, and it can only help. He's, he's he's got a good eye for a pass. He's got long range passing, short range passing. He's got a hell of a shot on him. I think he's, he's been criminally underused this season. So I hope so. If 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 uh, Sal can't play, yeah, I hope uh, Bostock's in there. And uh, Stephen, I think that um, actually that that does give us one of the, the, the sort of the, the issues that has hampered Forest when when So's not been available, which is then we find that it's not that easy to bring the ball out of defensive positions and bring it forward, so we can get the more attacking players on the ball more easily. And I think that Bostock is probably the other player in the squad who is able to bring it from a deep position and then actually pass it forward, uh, make an incisive move that way. What would you say? Yeah, I'd, I would agree with that. And um, also as a left footer as well, he probably brings a nice bit of balance in that midfield. It's when you've got Watson, who's the right footer, you've got Silver, who's also a right footer. Um, I think Bostock does give you a, a good bit of balance in there when, when So's not in the team. Um, and I know we've we've played with um, Thiago Silva alongside Watson or just in front of him in midfield in in So's absence, and it can work. But it it also um, it, it it does like you say, it makes it a little bit more difficult to bring the ball out from defence, which is what what So can do very well. So um, I, I see that I think Bostock has got that that in him, and and hopefully 
he's up to speed and you know he's ready to to perform in the last nine games of the season because yeah I think he's been underused and I don't know whether that's down to him he's not maybe I don't know if he's not forced the issue enough from his side or Sabri for one reason or another just hasn't been able to find a place for him in the team but I really think he could be an important player and I hope he's given the opportunity. Yeah, and of course, um, you know, we know that Silva can play in a slightly deeper uh, midfield role um, if he if he needs to. But I think physicality is going to be really, really important because it is going to be a proper blood and thunder short season um, going ahead. So um, although I know Sabri, well, I say I know, we've seen that Sabri likes to... Uh, likes to kind of play him in that deeper position sometimes and maybe to open up a position for Carvalho. But on the other hand, um, you know, we do miss something physically when, when that happens. Um, let's just move on from the on-the-pitch stuff um, and let's think about some of the stuff that Forrest have been talking about off the pitch. Uh, firstly, Stephen, are you going to order a cardboard cutout with your face on it? It's tempting. I don't know why. Maybe I've been in lockdown for too long, but um, probably, probably not. I like, I like the idea. I like the idea of what it would bring to the stadium, just to give it a bit more character, um, with people not being able to attend games. But um, not for me that one. Okay. Although I can imagine, I think there'll be a few Forest fans out there having a bit of a laugh. They, we might see Richard Keogh and a few others faces like that popping up in the stadium. I've seen a few posts from people saying they might uh, you know might have a little bit of a laugh at, at this time but we'll, we'll see on that oh, good lord okay well I mean um, one of the other things is uh, well, it's got to be better than um, where was it was it in in Korea where they had a, a, a bunch of sex dolls in the in the, um, Steady on. the terraces so it's got to be better than that um, I think as well uh, what that shows is that um, there's always some people who love to moan about anything like oh, 20 pound for that. It's like, no one's making you do it. <laughs> um, and uh, also I should imagine as well that those cardboard cutouts are more expensive than you think to produce as well. So um, it's an, it, I think the, the, the main intention is to actually get some kind of feeling in the ground um, rather than it necessarily being a money spinning, spinning exercise. But, but speaking of money, um, Obviously, the club have announced what the options are for season ticket holders, season card holders, rather, um, with regards to, uh, you know, you can't go to matches. So here are your options. Uh, Married on the Midlands, what do you make of those options? Do you think, think Forrest have been fair there? Yeah, I think so. Um, obviously, the children's tickets were so cheap anyway that it, it didn't really make any sense. Uh, to offer a refund on those, a straight refund. Um, the option to donate to the academy is always going to be popular with people. They like to, people like to think they're helping out the future of the club. And if, if people can keep the money in the club um, and live without the refund, that's that's all, all for the best, really, because they're going to face really severe financial restraints over the next six months a year 18 months who knows how long it will be until people come back into the stadium so for championship clubs the uh, gate money still forms a significant part of their income so if, if people can help out by not doing that and that that's great yeah and I think it's really important Stephen that the club have still given the option that you know 
if money is tight and times are tight for you as a result of the pandemic, then you still have the option to get that pro rata refund. Um, I mean, as a season ticket holder, am I okay to ask which option you're going to go for? Yeah, I'm. I'm going to um, leave my money with the club. Um, I, I've, you know, that money was paid last year. As far as I'm concerned, that money is gone, and you know, uh, I'm happy for that to stay in the club. When, um, you know, when Nick, Nicholas Randall released his statement uh, the back end of last week, he stated that refunds could cost the club up to a million pounds. Which, um, you know, in terms of financial fair play and, and the sanctions that can come with that, that million pounds could could go a long way for a championship team. So um, I understand why people will want refunds in the current time. You know, that the money that they can get back on that could go a long way for them. Um, so I, I have no problem with whichever way people people want to go with, with their season ticket money. Um, the only thing being, of course, I think it is important where possible, if people can leave their money in the club, from the financial fair play perspective, that's going to help out. And so you're going to leave your money with the club. Do you know which option you're going to take there? You're going to go for the I follow option? Yeah, the I follow option, um, which I think is a good deal, really, for everybody um, to be able to see all, all of those games with a personal personal code uh, and a personal stream. I think that's I think that's a reasonable trade off for for what's happened. Okay, married on the Midlands. Um, I thought Nicholas Randall's open letter was actually very well pitched. What do you think? Yeah, and it shouldn't really be a surprise. He's a he's a very well qualified man to be running a football club. He's worked at some a uh, very high level in the legal profession, and yeah, he pitched it very well. He's is that same sort of level where they sort of pitch the community aspect of it, uh, combined with the football and professionalism. It's is it's been sort of the mix that we've come to uh, know and get used to now since uh, the takeover took place. So, yeah, I wasn't surprised. And um, he addressed the issue of why there's been so little communication out of the club uh, since lockdown started. That has been a criticism, not just of Forest, but of of all football clubs and the Football League in general. It's, it's very difficult for them to put out statements when it was such an unknown situation and, and there were no right answers at that time. You're just working sort of blind. It would have been irresponsible to say, yeah, we're going to do this or we're going to do that. So, yeah, it was, it, it was a, a, a good letter. And um, just to have a bit of a sliding doors moment, what do you think the outlook would have been if um, someone else from Q8 was still running the club? We would have been in serious trouble right now. We, we, the, the financial state of the club was perilous, to say the least. And I just I do not have any faith that he would have had the um, technical ability to navigate our, our way through these choppy waters. And uh, just finally, before we go back to Stephen, um, that issue about the million and a half pounds, I mean, as always, there's a few people kind of saying, well, a million and a half pounds bearing in mind that we're bankrolled by, you know, a multi-millionaire, possibly billionaire owner, um, shouldn't the club just be giving us our money back? But that would be a problem under FFP, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be, because uh, the um, the way that FFP works, you, you're not allowed to just plough money into a club, so you can't just 
directly replace that one million pounds um, with a donation from the owner. That's that's the whole point of FFP. Um, so yeah, it would leave us in in FFP trouble because we have had a lot of outgoings. We've got a massive squad, and um, the wages we're up, we're paying, and the, and the transfers we made over the last couple of years. It's all finely balanced. They've got it in check. But if we were to lose that million pound, that might just push us over the edge. And Stephen, um, just just coming back to you, I mean, um, with regards to FFP, one of the things that's that's apparently an issue is because Forest do have one of the bigger wage bills in the division, um, but without having any parachute payments, et cetera, et cetera. So it does seem as though... Um, you know, forests are possibly more dependent upon gate receipts. That's why it's been so important to get the attendances up in the last couple of years. Um, so that's obviously a big issue. But coming back to that issue about communication from the club, as our social media and communications correspondent, um, do you think Forest did the right thing by just kind of keeping their powder dry? Or do you think they could have done it better maybe by putting out just a holding message, just saying, we're aware that many of you want information, please hold fire and we will give you information as soon as we can. Um, I, I think something like that probably would have just, um, uh, would have just allowed things to, to settle down, you know, because people were getting a bit impatient and were a little bit unsure as to what was going to happen. Um, and then when you the cardboard cuts out, uh, option to buy came out before a statement from the club and you know there was a little bit of backlash there people saying well how can you be charging us for cardboard cutouts when you haven't even arranged anything for season ticket holders and ticket holders for other games yet so um, I understand you know the need for it for for information of sorts but it also feeds into the into the current climate people on social media they they want information now and they're not not known for being the most patient of folk at times. Um, but perhaps a little placeholder message somewhere from Forrest along the line would have helped. But then I do think when, when Nicholas Randall came out with that statement, it was a very good statement that was clear. It explained why the club hadn't really been uh, providing regular sort of uh, messaging amid the pandemic, probably to avoid confusion and to, to try and keep things as clear as possible. So I think now the statement has come out, that's covered everything that everybody needed to know and wanted to hear. And um, I think full credit to the club for that eventually. All right. Thank you very much there, Stephen. And now we're going to take a little break while we go over to hear from Jeremy. The Forest Ramble Sketch by Jeremy Davis. With the season finishing behind closed doors, I thought it would be interesting for this month's Forest Ramble sketch to look at the history of behind closed doors matches and attempt to draw out some hints or lessons for the Forest players as they embark on such an unprecedented period in their careers. It's a lofty ambition for a humble armchair fan such as myself, but like Chris Waddle in a penalty shootout, I do believe you've got to aim high. There have been many factors down the years which have forced matches behind closed doors, from acts of God to political protests and even, in a major spoiler for what's going on now, the swine flu, not quite pandemic, of 2009. But being Brits, the only occasions teams from our isles have brought such sanction upon themselves has been down to good old-fashioned hooliganism. West Ham had to play a cup-winners' cup second leg behind closed doors in 1980 after their fans had a riot in Madrid. They won 5-1, suggesting that the lack of home support or any kind of atmosphere didn't really affect them, 
and was probably good preparation for the move to the London Stadium. Aston Villa also had to play a European game behind closed doors in 1982, this being the 80s when English hooliganism was really at its peak, in their very first match in defence of the European Cup, and against Anderlecht of all teams. Anderlecht, involved in controversial European tie against an English team. Now, where have I heard that before? Then there's England's Nations League match with Croatia in October 2018, played behind closed doors as part of sanctions imposed on the hosts by UEFA. It's just another in a long line of freakish occurrences in England-Croatia matches, from Theo Walcott scoring hat-tricks to the whole nation going ape about a man taking the perfectly sensible precaution of sheltering from torrential rainfall under an umbrella. The 2018 game is advertised on the FA's YouTube channel with the tagline, Hear Every Tackle, which suggests that even in these enlightened and cosmopolitan times, we haven't quite got over English football's obsession with the more agricultural aspects of the game. So, can we draw any real insights from the history of behind-closed-doors football? Tackle quietly, I suppose. And if you are taking a penalty, best to aim low. Jeremy, great to hear from you again. And now let's go back to matters on the pitch. Um, we had some news just recently, which was that Sammy Amiobi has signed a new contract. Um, married on the Midlands. Is that a good deal? Yeah, I think so. He's done well since he's been in, and he, he always he offers a bit dif- something a bit different from uh, a lot of players. Uh, that sort of speed and, and ranginess on the ball. You can travel up the pitch quickly. Uh, you don't you don't really get that with many players. So, yeah, I think he's a good deal. Stephen, has he given enough end product for your money? Yes, I think he has. Um, I, like, I like the way he plays and what he brings to the team. He's quite, he's quite unpredictable. Um, and he's come in and performed very well. Um, the way he carries the ball upfield... You know, is he the way that he's he's unpredictable, unpredictable against defenders, and I think even in products he's put putting some great deliveries across the season. Um, there's a couple I can think of where Graben's got on the end of them, dangerous balls into the box, which have come from that left hand side. There've been some fantastic crosses coming in from him. Um, there was a one which led to a goal at West Brom. I seem to remember, um, which he fired across, for example. So he's got that in his game as well. I think for free transfer, he's been a great bit of business. And I mean, I think as well, when people say unpredictable, referring to a winger, what they usually mean is there's not always that much end product. But in in his case, I think the thing that I like about him, he's got the ability to showboat. And we've seen that a few times where he's using his skill to kind of keep defenders on their toes. But he's also actually very much a team player and he does try and play with those around him. And I particularly have liked the way in which he and uh, Yuri Ribeiro have, have, have dovetailed at times. So, um, so I think he's been, he's been a good signing. Um, and regardless of what division we're in next season, I think he's going to be a good guy to have around in the squad. Um, he seems to be enjoying himself and, and he, he apparently did have offers to go elsewhere. Um, another guy who's apparently got offers to go elsewhere whose contract was due to expire or is due to expire in the summer um is the uh the current captain is ben watson um Stephen, again should we stick or twist on that one does it depend on what division we're in 
It might depend on on the division, yes. Um, Watson, though, has become an important figure in the squad under Sabri Lamushi. So um, I think it would be a blow to, to to lose him, especially in the current situation. We'd want to get to the end of the season knowing, kind of knowing where where his future lies, and hopefully that would be with Forrest for another season. I think given the experience that he has, um, he's clearly a senior figure in the squad. Um, as captain, that almost goes without saying. And the and Sabri has, has spoken of him throughout the season in very glowing terms, at one point describing him as the brain of the team. So Sabri obviously sees him as a very important figure. And I think with that in mind, just having that that experience in the dressing room would be would be crucial um, in this division or the division above. Married on the Midlands, dare to dream. Forest go go up, they get promoted. Um, it, will Watson have the legs to be able to hack it in the Premier League? And even if he doesn't, is it worth keeping him around anyway for that know-how, for that uh, ability to act as a coach and a mentor to the other other players, the younger players in the squad? Yeah, I don't think he depends too much on sort of running around a lot. He's, he's more, his game sort of developed now into where he's, he's very much a positional player and just a calming influence and getting those tackles in. And yeah, I think that experience will, will be vital, especially when you think about what difficulties we're going to face in the transfer market. Even if we are promoted, it's it's going to be a difficult situation. There's, there's talk of, about um, the transfer market being depressed. So will, will we be able to get players in? Will clubs want to sell their players at a, at a lower fee than they think they they are worth? The, um, there'll still be financial pressure on Forest, even if they do go out, because we've got a huge amount of debt from from histor- historical debt there. And um, without crowd money coming in, it's we're still going to be at a disadvantage compared to other Premier League clubs who've had years of TV money and, and big crowds. So it's not going to be so easy to sign loads of new players when we co- go up. So, or if, if we go up, rather. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so, Careful now. <laughs> so it's, it's worth keeping hold of the good quality players we have there. Um, well, I've got a short sentence for you that um, that is something I've seen. I'm not passing judgment, but married on the Midlands. Jack Colback on a free transfer. Yeah, maybe it depends. It all, it all depends on finances. I mean, if he if he's going to want like fifty thousand pounds a week, then I'd probably say no. But if it's probably half that, then yeah, you say yes. But it, it it all depends on which division we're in. And I mean, ideally, if, you, if we do go, you'd think we'd be able to sign a better player than Jack Colback. But it's so so all up in the air. It's, I wouldn't wouldn't really want to sort of decide anything until we know which division we're in, and then. Then you look at you got you got a list A of players and a list B. If we, A, if we don't go up, B, if we do, if we don't go up, it's going to be very difficult to sign players. So we're going to be under extreme financial pressure. So I wouldn't expect loads of new signings, or even even one or two would be a, a bonus, really. But let's mm. not get too too far ahead of ourselves. Yeah, I mean that's a fair point. And uh, you know, just coming, Stephen, uh, what do you think, Jack Cole back on a free transfer? He seemed to enjoy his football here before and he fitted well into the team. Um, I don't fully know why we didn't take up the option to sign him in the summer. I don't know if that was down to 
Um, Sabri not, fancy, not fancying him or the wages. It would have been wages, yeah. Um, but I could see him fitting well into a Sabri team. And um, when we were talking earlier about Sambaso and his his injury problems, having Colback as an option would be, I think, a very good option. Um, I'd be quite happy to sign him again. I, I really liked him when he was here. And um, I think I think he could do a job in the Premier League. I think he's got more legs about him to do a job in the Premier League. It's just at the minute he's out of favour at Newcastle. That's why he's not getting game time there. Yeah, I think with um, with Colback as well. I mean, basically, that Watson role, uh, Maradona Midlands make a, makes, makes a good point because he is that playing in that quarterback role. He's not as dependent upon having legs anymore. Um, and Sabri has obviously tailored that role and tailored Watson to the role, uh, you know, coming up from, from both sides. And so Samba So, latterly John Bostock, occasionally Ryan Yates, um, but potentially Jack Colback. They could be the legs that mean that Watson has that license to just sit in the middle. Um, so, you know, I can see the logic there, um, especially if it's, in, you know, thinking about squad improvement. So um, let's move on to other players. And a player that um, Sabri has said he would like to keep at the club for life. Um, the club captain, Forest legend, Michael Dawson. Stephen, Surely Forrest are going to be looking to keep him no matter what division they're in? Yeah, I think so. He's the kind of character you want in the dressing room. He's got that experience and that leadership. Even if he doesn't play every game because of his age, having him in that dressing room, I think, would be would be a real positive. And um, you, I can see him going down the same route as Chris Cohen, just keep him at the club, keep him on as a coach um, when, when he does decide to finish his playing career. Because... I think Michael Dawson's a real asset to Forrest. And Forrest Ladd as well, of course, coming through the academy. So he's, you know, he's, he knows the club inside out. I think a player like that, with his experience, leadership and passion for the club, it's a no-brainer as far as I'm concerned. You keep hold of him. And Maradon, the Midlands, I think it's, it's really important to note that Matty Cash and Joe Worrell as sort of two younger lads learning their trade. They've both really gone out of their way to praise Michael Dawson's contribution to their game when he's on the pitch, but even when he's not playing. So would you agree with Stephen that we've got to keep him? Yeah, but not not necessarily as a player. I mean, I think this season he's he struggled at times when he's come into the team. And, and I, th- I think there'd be no way he could be used as a player in the Premier League now. Um, so... If if we stay down, yeah, keep him on a maybe a player contract. But if if we go up, then maybe some sort of coaching role at the club because I cannot see him playing at all in the Premier League against sort of pacey fours that they have at that level. So yeah, by all means, keep him at the club as a coach if we do go up. But um, I think I think we're being very optimistic if we think he can play at a higher level now. And also, it's all, it's all going to come back down to finances. As much as they'd like to keep him, it may, their hands may be tied. They just may not have enough money to keep him on a playing contract once the season ends. I think people have to realise we are, well, all football clubs are in serious trouble now. Without any, we have, they have had no money coming in for three months, and it's going to be a similar situation for at least up until the end of Christmas. So it, it, it 
people have to temper their expectations about signings, about contracts, all those sort of things. They have to be more realistic, I think. What's interesting, actually, if we look down the A52, though, is that um, one of the things that Wayne Rooney's transfer has, has shown up is that now is that by putting him on a player coach contract, it means that they can mitigate his wages against FFP. So that's that's a trick that we could potentially use with Dawson as well. I mean, his presence at the club is is clearly um, keenly felt, and um, yeah, I think it's fair to say that you know Figueroa's in the team on merit because he is more physical, he is sharper, um, and you know he's he's got ten years he's ten years younger than Michael Dawson, so he has those advantages. But um, Dawson's presence at the club is is important, and I think that maybe by putting him on a player coach contract, it means that you know the wages we can subsidise in a way that maybe the owner can contribute to that, or maybe that. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not you know, sure about. I think the majority of Rooney's wages are covered by that betting company, who won't give. Um, free publicity to that's the way they financed it really i think even if it's a player coach role it's still it's still regarded as part of the football side and so would be subject to ffp i think i don't think you can sort of just write it off as he's a coach so he doesn't count as part of the football i don't think they allow that loophole there okay um Stephen, just going to give you the names of three players who are out of contract uh in the summer as well um First two are probably fairly simple decisions, Liam Bridcutt and Luke Steele. Uh, let them go. Okay. Maradon in the Midlands? Yeah, sure, yeah. There's, there's, there's no way they'll be staying. Okay. The third one is perhaps a bit more, bit more debate. Jordan Smith. Stephen? I think as a, um, as a reserve keeper, I think he's perfectly fine. I, I wouldn't look to move him on. Um, realistically, he's not going to be the first choice here. But if he's happy to be second fiddle, um, I think you, yeah, I think he'd be perfectly good in that role. Keep him. Okay, married on the Midlands. There's an argument, of course, that he might want to move on, even if it means stepping down a couple of divisions, so that he can become a first uh, a division or two rather, um, so that he can become a first choice keeper. But I guess in that respect, it may also depend upon whether he can get an offer from anywhere else. Yeah, it's, it's, it's again, it's all up in the air. And it also depends on who Forrest got coming through the academy. I, I know they had this young Swedish keeper a year or two back. I don't, I don't know where he's gone now, but um, they seem to always have a load of keepers in the background. So it, it may just see, they might they might keep him, they might not. I, I, I don't know. As, as a backup, he'd be fine. But yeah, he's never going to be the first choice, I don't think. Okay, and um, bearing in mind what you've said, Marad, on the Midlands about finances and financial situation, I'm going to give you the names of four of the players who have still got a year left on their deals. And I think it's fair to say that some of these are probably on fairly hefty money, uh, some closer to the first team than others. Uh, Costel Pantillamon, Michael Heffler, Johan Benalouan and Zach Clough. What do you think? Yeah, it's, it's in the same situation we had a all the way through their last last couple of close close seasons, they, the club would love to get rid of them. But the problem they're going to have more now than ever is finding somebody who who's going to will, be willing to pay them the sort of money they can get. I mean, you'd hope some sort of common sense would prevail, and they'd so take a, 
uh, a, a deal to sort of pay off their contracts for sort of a, a proportion of what it's worth, but you don't know. It's a, it's a, it's down to the individual if they feel they can get a better deal elsewhere and they, they want to move on with their lives or not, or if they'd rather just have the money and sit it out. It, you just don't know. Stephen, um, same to you. I mean, we've got those players, and they're on. Some of them are on big money, and some of them are closer to the first team than others. Pantelimon went out on loan, and there's a chance that he could be loaned out again. But is it better for Forrest to keep those players on the existing contracts because then at least we know where they are? Or is it better to negotiate a settlement, but then they might end up joining joining Forrest's rivals in whichever division we might be in, 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 the, in the next season? Given the, the current climate and the, the, the finances involved and... Um, how perilous it could potentially be financially for football clubs. I would say if we can move those players off the wage bill and we come to some sort of settlement, I think that would be the best option. Just get them off the wage bill. I'd be looking at players like Clough and Heffler. Are they going to go straight back into championship clubs? I'm not too sure about that. So I'd be prepared to to sort of write off their wages where possible and, and just get them off the wage bill. Okay. Do you reckon we could move Zach Clough onto Olympiakos? Uh, we can try. No. We can certainly try. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't see him playing in the Champions League. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I think it's going to be a Rochdale or Bolton job for Zach. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Forest Ramble podcast. Please subscribe and leave a review on your podcast provider as this helps other Forest supporters find our content. Now on with the pod. If we're talking about players' contracts, there's one rather large elephant in the room. Um, the the manager, um, Sabri Lamushi, his contract is due to expire, well, any day now. Um, he and some of the other staff at the club have taken a pay cut in order to ease the club's uh, worries during the uh, lockdown and the pandemic and everything being shut down. Um, but uh, he is due to get an auto extension to his contract if, Forest get promoted. I've got two questions for you, Married on the Midlands. Firstly, um, should Sabri be offered a new deal anyway? And then secondly, should that be something we're looking at right now before we resume the season? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, even if we don't get promoted, I, I think he should remain as manager. He's He's uh, done a done a great job this season, and and he'll benefit from a year's experience in the Premier League, or not the Premier League, uh, being the Football League, and um, a year's better knowledge of the squad. He'll know what to do, how to sort of play out different times of the season. So yeah, I think it's a no-brainer. He should be really sorted out by now. Okay, Stephen, do you think that you know Sabri could be? to Forest, what Nuno Espirito Santo has been at Wolves? Uh, I don't see why not. Um, he's come in and made an immediate impact and, and in many ways transformed the team uh, during his time in charge. And we look a far better side now under Sabri than we have under previous managers. And the results and the position in the table so far speak for, for itself. Um, to be in the playoffs and and to have been up there for most of the season just shows you how good a job he's done. And yeah, I think he, he, he more than deserves a new contract. And Meridon, the Midlands, just to come back to you on this one as well. 
if you were a Forest player or a player who is maybe being scouted by Forest or thinking of joining Forest, wouldn't you be more inclined to sign on the dotted line if you knew who the coach was going to be and you knew that they had some security at the club? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it, 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 it makes absolute sense that that would be the case. And uh, it's an odd situation. I wonder why they haven't really tied him down already. Um, maybe it's just because of the, maybe it was a, due to happen, but the pandemic sort of stalled things. Uh, I don't know, maybe it's just problems getting hold of lawyers at this time, maybe being furloughed. I don't know, something like as, as banal as that might be the reason behind it. but. I would guess a, there's a, a common will there from both sides for him to stay. Yeah, and I think as well, the um, you, you raised an interesting point there, which is that it's easy to forget that many, many businesses have been affected by many other businesses having staff on furlough. So people who've, um, you know, in many walks of life, the most obvious one is people who've booked holidays, trying to get their money back from the holiday companies, uh, the travel companies. And in some cases, like, we know that you want to get your money back, but all of our accounts team are on furlough, so we can't process anything. Um, and it's quite possible, like you say, Murad on the Midlands, uh, contract negotiations and, and the like. It's possible that, that some of the staff involved, whether they be in the club or um, at accountancy companies, legal firms and so on, that they've just not been available. So I think it's worth remembering that and, and giving a little bit of leeway um, because, you know, this really has been a time like no other, not just... Um, you know, in the world of football, but economically and, and in the business world, as well as, you know, the wider, uh, you know, wider society. Um, Stephen, do you think that um, Sabri should be offered a new deal right now? The sooner you time down, I think the better. Um, unless we have an a horrendous center of the season and lose every game and you know end up in mid table i don't see any reason why you'd move him on even in that situation i don't think you'd move him on because it because of the pandemic and and the unprecedented situation we're we're in so i i think he's done enough to to keep hold of his job for for another season and beyond um what i don't know why you would potentially um kind of unravel all the good work that's been done under Sabri so far. Mm. Uh, do you reckon that maybe the club hierarchy got a little bit, got their fingers burned a little bit by the Karanka situation? Perhaps so. Um, that, that would have um, obviously cost them a fair bit of money moving Karanka on and then Martin O'Neill coming in and moving him on as well. Um, I think uh, I think there will be an element of that, but perhaps it's a mutual agreement that probably Sabri... He's happy to work on a one-year contract, but he would lend himself to signing for another year when that option is put on the table in writing. Um, and the club know that as well. So perhaps it's a relationship that kind of works well for both parties in that Sabri is motivated to stay at the club uh, and earn another year's contract. And the club are happy to to work on that one-year basis with him knowing that there, there probably is an agreement in place between the two parties that, um, you know, deals will be put on the table at an appropriate time. Married on the Midlands, I mean, obviously, we're talking about possible uh, behind-the-scenes talks and, and gentlemen's agreements and so on. And, of course, 
in reality, a contract's only worth the paper it's written on. Um, but do you reckon it's possible that actually Sabri's quite happy with it, just for this first year at least, purely and simply because it's his first time working in England. He's got a young family uh, back in France. Um, so he kind of, it was good for him to be able to dip his toe in the, in the waters of English football uh, for this first season. Yeah, and um, I mean, let's not forget, he's not had a great deal of experience as a football football manager um, or coach. He's, he's only really had two or three other jobs beforehand. So I think he would have been very grateful for the opportunity um, and for it to come at a club like Forest. I think he, he would have been very happy. And, and, and from, from all the sort of sounds you hear, I saw... Uh, Robert Perez commenting that he was very happy at Forest. Uh, Sabri was his his friend Sabri. Um, so I think yeah, I think he's he's probably been pleasantly surprised about how well it's gone and how much he's enjoyed it as well. And uh, just an, an unrelated note: uh, prior to the pandemic, a friend of mine uh, was uh, he went for a meeting in Hockley and was uh, having uh, having a sandwich and a coffee, and he said that Sabri was in there having his uh, having his lunch, and apparently he was absolutely charming to the staff and left a very uh, very generous tip. So it's good to know that he's apparently a good guy as well as a good coach. So, um, all right, so. Just to uh, tidy things up, really, um, obviously, we're excited about football coming back. We're excited about the fact that we're going to be able to watch and listen to matches, even if we can't go to them. Um, realistically, and briefly, if you will, um, Stephen, what do you think is a a good goal, a good um, idea of where Forest can realistically finish in the, you know, with the normal season being compressed into the next few weeks? I think playoffs is um I think playoffs is a good way to finish. Uh that'll be a good position for Forest to to, to end the season in. Uh, and they're five points clear of Bristol City in seventh, so they've got that five point gap. Um I mean if they could go on a bit of a run and and catch Leeds and West Brom who are ten, eleven points ahead of them, then that'd be amazing. But realistically, playoffs is is the most realistic option and that'd be a good finish. Murder on the Midlands? Yeah, realistically, playoffs is, is, is the best we can hope for. Just, just when they sort of re-announced the remaining fixtures, just up on the, on the homepage of the website, had them all listed out like that. I know it's just me, but they all look quite hard. And so I, I take the playoffs now. Um, they just all look like really tough games each, and there's no no easy ones in there. So yeah, if we if we maintain our place in the playoffs, it's, it's been a good season, and then we can uh, buy our ticket in the lottery that is the playoffs, and hopefully go up. And uh, just literally to finish off with, um, do you think that actually the break coming when it did, married on the Midlands, has done Forest a favour? Yeah, it was all gloom and doom after the. Uh, Millwall defeat and we were we were just starting to suffer um in terms of squad fatigue and injuries as Amiobi, Ribeiro, Sal, Silva all out at that time, um and Costa as well. So it's helped us definitely in terms of getting those players back and fresh again and and maybe getting rid of some of the fatigue. Whether it's it's gonna be a, an element of rustiness, we just don't know. But it's it's gonna be the same for all teams. So it's we just don't know how it's going to go now. It's, just, it's whoever adapts to it the best and can go on a bit of a run or, or 
hopefully hopefully it'll be Forest. Stephen, um, yeah, we're on a bit of a, a pot from the Millwall match. We had been on that rather streaky run of form before that. And, you know, there were more points dropped than points gained for the previous sort of six to eight matches. So um, do you think that that's something that, that Forest can overcome having had that break and having let the players have a bit of time to recharge? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's uh, it's obviously a very uh, very unique situation and not situation any of us would have wished for. But the the one benefit for it from Forest's point of view is that they can put that bad run of form behind them, and it's almost like starting afresh because you're not picking up where you left off. So, yeah, games hopefully like Millwall, like Sheffield Wednesday at home, where we were just completely you know, hammered out of the game. Hopefully that's not going to happen now in the final nine games. Players are coming back to fitness. So, Ribeiro and, and so on. Um, and we can regroup and almost press the reset button and go again. That's what I'm hoping for. And with that in mind, I guess there's a slight irony in the fact that the first match is against Sheffield Wednesday. Um, so, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, so, thank you to Stephen, to the Maradon in the Midlands and to Jeremy. Uh, we will be back Uh, with mini-match reports throughout this mini-season. And we will be back in a few weeks with our review of where we've got to, playoffs or not. Uh, It's going to be exciting, it's going to be interesting, it's going to be a season like no other. Thank you for joining us, and we'll be back with you soon. Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.